Paizo's latest system has a lot going for it, but just what does Pathfinder 2nd Edition entail for your games? And more to the point, what does it entail that's different from running 5e every week? Well, as someone that likes a lot of aspects of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, I'm kind of excited to talk about... I'm excited to talk about most of Pathfinder 2nd Edition, so let's get into it. Both editions of Pathfinder have a lot of the same roots as D&D, so you'll find a lot of familiar rules and themes. Pathfinder is a different game, but it's not going to be a radically drastic change from what you and your group are used to. Pathfinder is crunchier and more in-depth than 5e, but with similar bones, and if that sounds appealing, then Pathfinder might be the right fit for your playgroup. And unlike other smaller systems, Pathfinder 2e has a ton of content for you to play with. D&D only gets a few official books a year, but Pathfinder prints dozens of new campaigns and supplements every year, much of which is freely available online, though I will say is not all great. Pathfinder has two editions, and they're different enough to both be viable options. Second edition cuts down on a lot of rules that bloat the first edition, and fixes some of the base problems they couldn't address without an overhaul. This video is going to be covering second edition, obviously, but we do have a video on first edition if you'd like to check that out. Some of you are probably curious what books you're going to need, and just like the first edition, one of Pathfinder 2e's best perks is that all the information you need is free and easy to find online. Paizo has always held an unofficial stance when it comes to policing their content, and they encourage people to freely distribute the rules. Absolutely everything you need is online for free and is even conveniently converted into tools and character creators. If you really prefer physical books, however, you'll have to put together a bit of a collection to get the base game put together. At bare minimum, you're going to need the core rulebook, the game mastery guide, and at least one of the many bestiaries. Beyond that, there are a good chunk of supplementary rules with more character options. Unlike 5e, most of these books introduce whole new classes, and to have all the base options, you're going to need at least the Advanced Player's Guide, Secrets of Magic, Guns and Gears, Book of the Dead, Dark Archive, Rage of Elements, and a... I think that's it. As far as what dice you need, just like D&D, Pathfinder 2e uses the polyhedral set of dice, a d20, d12, 2d10s, d8, d6, and d4. So any dice sets you've picked up for D&D will work just fine here. Let's go through some of the biggest changes you're going to feel as a DM when you switch from 5e over to Pathfinder, and one of the main things you're going to notice even on the surface is hard rules versus soft rules. This is true for the first edition as well, but it seems amplified in the second edition of Pathfinder. You're going to have to get used to learning hard rules rather than getting by with soft rules. 5e gets away with a lot of spitballing and soft rules like the advantage and disadvantage system. You rarely get into situations where you can't hand wave away or just improvise a rule in 5e. In Pathfinder 2, you really have to stick to their hard rules a lot more because of how interconnected everything is. This is especially relevant when it comes to monsters. In 5e, I've often fully improvised a monster on the fly, and <laughs> so much more than that. In Pathfinder 2, there are quite a few class features that allow players to accurately determine a monster's weaknesses and stats. And, if they don't line up, your players will be able to see where you fudge the numbers. If you're the kind of dungeon master that has never fudged a roll or has never made stuff up to begin with, first of all, can I get the number to your therapist? Uh, but second of all, you won't see much of a change. But if you're the kind of DM used to making everything up on the fly, it might be a bit jarring. Hi. Hey there. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> I, I expected you to be home so much later. I'm so sorry. 
my wife's hole. Pathfinder 2E has a mechanic and system for everything which is both a blessing and a curse. Does your character want to craft an item? There's rules for that, and they may even have class features that interact with the mechanic. This means that so long as you're able to look up a reference, you likely won't ever have to make up a system on the spot like you often do in 5e. The flip side is that you shouldn't improvise your own stuff because you risk disrupting the builds your players work so hard to optimize. This is just the old conflict between fixed text and freedom to improvise, and depending on how much you improvise to begin with, it'll either be a huge shift for your DMing style or you might hardly even notice. Skill actions I know have caught me and other people off guard. Essentially, Pathfinder 2 has taken some of the more universal activities traditionally covered by a skill check and has created specific actions that typically utilize skill checks but are their own distinct thing. For example, we now have the earn income action that players can take when they have downtime. Earning income can use skills like craft or perform, and the action has its own distinct set of rules. This also covers quite a few combat actions that work like this too, such as disarming opponents or feigning attacks. Mechanically, it's nice to have these things quantified and rules set for them. Just be aware that there's more to them now than just rolling a skill check. Skill actions also have their own preset consequences for crits and fumbles. Rather than leaving the results up to the DM, each skill action has its own unique results that you'll want to be able to quickly reference. Now let's go through the biggest changes you'll feel as a player swapping from 5e over to Pathfinder 2e. Starting with everything is feats. If you're used to 5e, you'll be used to getting the majority of your abilities and features baked into your class with extra options from things like your race and class archetype. Feats are an optional rule in 5e, so trading over to Pathfinder 2 may be a bit of a jarring transition when you find that everything is feats. Your Ancestry gives you a choice of Ancestry feats, your class gives you class feats, you get skill feats and magic feats and combat feats, it's feats all the way around. So many feats. Classes really only provide a couple foundational features in things like hit points and base proficiencies. Beyond that, their main function is to grant access to that class's collection of class feats. But what do all these feats really add up to? Everything being feats means your character is more of a collection of options chosen carte blanche from various lists. This gives you a ton of freedom to design your character how you want, but it also means you have a lot more responsibility to design your character well. Which, I've always liked RPGs that do that. I think it forces players to think about their characters in ways they might not have, both narratively and mechanically. But anyway, Pathfinder 2 is a game designed around character builds, unlike 5e's reliance on simple progression. If you want to do a specific maneuver or focus on a style of play, you've got to build up to it. Many styles and techniques use a very negative starting point that you need features to overcome and get good at. You don't start out capable by default in Pathfinder 2, and it's up to you to become competent in accomplishing your goals. And just like in the first edition of Pathfinder, all these feats have feat trees, and you'll need to plan accordingly to build up to the feats you really want. Now let's talk about the action economy, and this is something I really like in Pathfinder. Actions and bonus actions are gone. Now you have three actions you can use every turn, and everything costs between one and three actions to perform. There are still free actions like dropping items and talking, but for the most part you've got an action resource and you've got to choose each turn how to spend them wisely. Now let's talk big numbers. Just on your base starting stats, you'll feel a huge difference in the numbers. You'll be getting much more frequent ability score increases, and you should expect to very quickly get to an 18 in your most important ability score with 16s and 14s in most of the other scores. AC is higher, damage is higher, and the bonuses you'll be applying to attacks and skill checks will all just generally be higher. 
The targets will be increasing just as much, and monsters with ACs floating up in the 30s and 40s aren't uncommon. It all balances out in the end, but you're going to have to get used to rolling a 25 and failing to hit the enemy. Just be aware of how different the scaling is and shift your expectations accordingly. Now let's talk class archetypes, which are kind of just a vestigial leftover in Pathfinder 2. All the classes are just lists of carte blanche options anyway, so the need for a defining archetype kind of fell by the wayside. You still pick an archetype, but most class archetypes boil down to a single ability or buff and are essentially just another feat group to pick from, which can be a little confusing. This isn't bad exactly, you're still getting way more freedom to build your characters than you're used to, just don't be disappointed by the weenie archetype options. This isn't bad exactly, it's just kind of strange. You're still getting way more freedom to build your characters than you're used to, just don't be disappointed by the... frankly... Yeah, archetype options. Now let's talk scaling proficiency bonuses. In 5e, you have one gradually increasing proficiency bonus and it has exactly two tiers. You're either proficient in something or you aren't. Pathfinder 2, for a start, grants way bigger proficiency bonuses than you'll be used to. And you have five tiers of proficiency to work with. Untrained, no bonus. Trained, your level plus two. Expert, your level plus four. Master, your level plus six. And Legendary, which is your level plus eight. And now let's talk bonus types. A lot of Pathfinder boils down to picking some type of attack or ability and getting bonuses for it as high as possible. Pathfinder 2 has a bit of a built-in limiter to the min-maxing, though, due to the restrictions on the bonus types. Each bonus to your rolls will either be a circumstance bonus, an item bonus, or a status bonus based on where you got it from. The trick here is that you can only ever apply the highest bonus of a bonus type to any given roll. You can stack up a bonus of each type, but once you've got two from the same type, the lower ones essentially get wasted. For example, let's say you're getting a plus four bonus to arcana checks from a magic hat you picked up, a plus two bonus to arcana checks from a wand you're wielding, and a plus one bonus to arcana from a class ability. Because both your hat and wand are providing an item bonus, only the higher bonus applies. This means you'd add the plus four bonus from the hat and the plus one bonus from your class ability, but you wouldn't be able to also add the plus two from the wand since it's also an item bonus. Now let's talk about another thing I sort of like in Pathfinder 2, degrees of success, crits, and fumbles. Crits and fumbles work a bit differently in Pathfinder 2 and have a lot more to do with the DC of any given check, not to mention they can happen on skill checks as well as attacks. Pathfinder 2 distinguishes between crucial failures, failures, successes, and critical successes, and puts them all on a scale they call degrees of success. If you roll and meet the DC of a check, you succeed. If you roll under it, you fail. However, if you exceed the DC by 10 or more, you instead score a critical success, and if you roll under the DC by 10 or more, you score a critical failure. And honestly, I kind of know a lot of DMs that already do this in 5e anyway, so this might not be a big transition for you. Exactly what all these degrees of success do depends on the check, but most actions have explicit results predetermined for each degree of success. What we traditionally think of as crits and fumbles still matter, though. Whenever you roll a 20 on a d20, it shifts your result one further up the scale, and whenever you roll a 1, it shifts your result down one on the scale. This typically means a natural 20 is usually a critical success, but if rolling a 20 still wouldn't hit the DC, you only score a success since you shifted one scale up from failure to success. Conversely, this means a natural 1 is usually a critical failure, but if rolling a 1 would still pass the DC for some reason, you'd only score a regular failure. For example, let's say you're fighting an ancient red dragon and are probably about to die, but you roll a natural 20 firing your longbow at it. 
You add plus 12 to your roll from various bonuses for a total of 32 for your attack roll. Well, the dragon has a whopping 45 AC, which means your attack roll result is still a failure. But because you rolled a natural 20, your failure result shifts up one degree on the success scale, changing from a failure to a success. It's not a critical success, but hey, you still managed to pierce the dragon's hide, even though its AC is much higher than your maximum result. Now let's talk about how video gamey Pathfinder 2 is, because it is. It did a very good job of consolidating abilities and keywords. Practically everything you can do in the game uses the same standardized format, has an action cost, and one or more of the universal tags that permeate the system. There's no fundamental difference between casting a spell and performing a spin kick as a monk. It's all just effects and costs using the same template. From a game perspective, this is fantastic, and you'll have far fewer rules arguments, well, hopefully, with the clean standardized language behind everything. From a tabletop RPG perspective, though, you'll find Pathfinder 2 feels very video gamey, and this is often the most common note and criticism of the system. And if that jives with you and your DM style or the way that you like to play tabletop RPGs, uh, great. Just be aware that the feeling of standardized and mechanical weight fills out everything in this system. This is a tip from everyone here at Skullsplitter. Use the online tools for this system because more than any other I've ever played, Pathfinder 2nd Edition's online tools and character builders make play and character creation a breeze. Everything's free online and convenient and easy to understand websites and apps. Features pop up with full explanations and rules automatically filtered for what your character can and can't take. Handy rules and references are a click away rather than buried in books and guides or perhaps paywalls. I can't overstate how high quality these tools are and how easy they make the experience. And as someone that plays a lot of old RPGs that have no online support whatsoever, I'm just coming to cherish these a whole lot more when they're in systems like Pathfinder 2nd Edition that really need them. Let's go through some Pathfinder 2nd Edition FAQs real fast, starting with can I use Pathfinder 1st Edition content in Pathfinder 2nd Edition? And sadly, no, not really. They're enough of the same foundations that you can probably get away with converting things, but especially with how they changed the action economy, they really are different games. Adventure paths and monsters are probably the easiest to convert, but class features and abilities should really be left behind. Which of the two editions is more complex? It's a bit of a toss-up, honestly, but I think when you weigh everything, Pathfinder 2nd Edition is more streamlined compared to the 1st Edition. The writers benefited from the years of refining Pathfinder 1st Edition, and the second one has a lot of moving parts, but they're all designed to work together from the ground up, rather than being built into something of a shaky foundation like with 1st Edition. Just like with the first edition of Pathfinder, Pathfinder 2nd Edition has a lot more crunch than 5e and a much deeper swath of character customization options. 2 has fewer toys to play with, but gains a much more refined rule set and fantastic online tools to simplify the process. I would not recommend Pathfinder 2 for a group's first system, not by a long shot, but as a second or third system to try after getting bored of 5e or Fantasy Flight Star Wars or a few other RPGs or something like that, it's perfect to try. If you're happy with a heavier and more video gamey rules system, you'll be rewarded with deep combat and well-designed interconnected mechanics. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this all the time. And if you and your gaming group are going to be giving Pathfinder 2nd Edition a try, I would love to hear about it down in the comments, as well as any other RPGs or systems that you guys are trying out that you think deserve, well, the Skull Splitter Breakdown. <laughs>
Thanks again for watching. I am Patrick Ferguson from Skullsplitter Dice, and until next time, farewell.